Welcome to the Fin Nation podcast, where we wholeheartedly believe women entrepreneurs are leaders that rise together. Success does not have a definition. There are no secret strategies. Women entrepreneurs are rewriting history by defining success on their own terms. Hi, I'm your host, White Gannon, the down-to-earth chick with a different name. Each week, join me for inspiring stories and powerful interviews of women entrepreneurs sharing their lessons to success to help you take your business to the next level. Now, let's go for it. Welcome back, Fem Nation. Today, I have an amazing guest who is going to be bring all of her wisdom and knowledge to us, but she calls herself an operations magician, and I love, I love how she says that. But the founder of McKnight Operational Consulting, I would love to introduce you, Nikki McKnight. Thank you for coming on today, Nikki. Thank you. I am like so super pumped to be here. Same. I'm super pumped to jam with you. <laughs> I mean, even in our pre-conversation, we already started going down some, some fun stuff. So let's dive into the coolness of today. Yes. Where did your entrepreneurial journey begin? I would love to say that I have one of those epic like lemonade stories or, you know, I, I was a brownie or a girl guide when I was, you know, young and I was like, yes, yeah, selling those cookies unlocked from within me this thing. But it really wasn't, you know, I started off in corporate right out of university, was headhunted for that state a little bit. But then I went to work for my father for five or six years after he left his corporate job. So I guess that was my first exposure to kind of, I'd say, working for an entrepreneur in a way in such a a small space. And I liked that aspect of freedom. And that's the reason my dad went and opened up his own company. So I did that for a number of years. And that was kind of what I saw. What most people I think see when they think about entrepreneurship, it's like, I get to do things the way I want to. I get to take ownership and accountability of the decisions I make. I get to choose how we show up. I get to choose how we impact the world. And that was really awesome. And I went through a few different industries after that. I did end up leaving my father's company, which that is a fun conversation for anybody who's ever worked with a family member to say, I love you, but I quit. That was (laughs) drama. (sighs) Makes Thanksgiving a little harder (laughs) for the first one. Especially since I lived with them at the time while my (laughs) house was being built. So that, you know, it was very loving. I get along great with my parents, but that, you know, I went through a a bunch of different iterations of industries I worked in the way I worked in them. I worked for entrepreneurs for the last, I'd say eight years. And I loved it because the people I really like working with were were these big visionary dreamers. They were these spiritual entrepreneurs, super creative and didn't know how to run their business. And that's what I'm Mm. really good at is the, you know, the nuts and bolts of actually running a business. And I think, again, I had that sparked my next iteration of an entrepreneurial journey saying, I'm helping you guys do this and I love it. Why am I not doing this for myself and helping even more people? So, you know, I kind of say officially, I went back to being an entrepreneur February of this year, two weeks before the Canadian border shut down for COVID. So that was a great time to start a new work. But, you know, (laughs) we're, you know, seven, six or seven months into it. It's going really well. So, you know, this journey paid off for me. Go figure, right? I I think that that was a little bit of the transformation that we didn't see, but yet is Mm -hmm. welcomed in the digital space just because everything went digital. So the silver lining there for that piece of it, not Mm -hmm. the rest of it, but that piece of it for sure. Definitely. Talk to me about why you felt like operations is something that you wanted to dive into and how did you translate that into, you know, helping more people with it instead of just on the one-to-one spectrum? 
Now, this is a story I can say back in yesteryear. My first job when I was a teenager was I worked at McDonald's. I became a drive through manager when I was like 17, and I still maintain the McDonald's, some of the best on-the-job training I've ever seen. Because when you think about it, the work is never just when a customer is in front of you. It's even when the customer is gone. What are you doing to prepare the space, to prepare for the next run? You know, it could be restocking. It could be cleaning. It's wiping down tables. It's taking out garbages. So you're never really stopping to prepare for the next customer. And I just really liked figuring that out. And, you know, what is really true multitasking, taking an order, giving change, packing a bag, handing a thing, you know, I just liked it. I kind of got like an adrenaline high from it, this juggling of pieces. And I think, you know, that translated to when I was in university, I was in student government. I ran the drama society. I worked at the on-campus cafeteria and I was a full-time student. So I was always kind of like juggling these things and figuring it out. And that's just the way that my brain really likes to be. And I was able to kind of always be juggling multiple pieces. So when I worked for my dad, I worked in global procurement. So I was importing fruit from South Africa into North America and managing all of the warehousing distribution, but it's very much a position where you're dealing with, you know, shipping containers in South Africa and the ports in New York and the warehouses in Canada and customers. And you always have to be thinking of every single contingency at the same time and thinking ahead what could happen. And I, that just really appealed to me. I think it's how my brain is wired. So I kind of just kept playing that. So the industry I was working in was always second to how can I have this feeling of being in my genius and juggling pieces and seeing outcomes and juggling contingencies and doing just a volume of things, irrespective of whatever field I'm in. And that was just like, that's my bliss. That's my, I'm spreadsheets, Mm -hmm. I'm whiteboards, I am juggling things. So I started doing, helping businesses do that because CEOs and founders, they have these amazing ideas and they are usually really good at talking about them. They have amazing people skills. But when you ask them to organize it or prioritize it or do all of the things that support their ideas and dreams, that's where things kind of start to fall apart. That's where they get overworked and stressed and tired. And then the delivery starts to go on down. They're like, while I'm doing this, I also have to be worried about my social media. I have to be doing my bookkeeping. Taxes are coming up. What about my website updates? So it's kind of like this mishmash of just minutia and big ideas all at the same time that they don't know how to handle. And that's what I love doing. So I really got to help people run better businesses. And then I just went, well, now I want to do this for more people and have even more money. Well, and that's a, well, obviously more people, more outcomes, more, you know, changing the world that you live in and and Mm -hmm. that you can impact. But for visionaries, going back to something you just said for visionaries, that is a major stretch. So mm-hmm. a lot of creatives, a lot of visionaries are creatives, creatives are visionaries. It just runs with the entrepreneurial theme to some degree, mm-hmm. but going from that to task, you know, I mean, in my accounting time, you know, my brief four years of having accounting practice, the thing was, is that they needed to understand numbers. Mm-hmm. And even outside of that in the coaching world, they need to understand processes and systems and strategies. Absolutely. But I know as a creative I don't love trying to figure out what that is. I just want to do my thing. Exactly. You know, I mean, my thing is what lights me up. Everything else just becomes, like you said, minutia. And I'm just like, oh, okay. So then Mm -hmm. I have to flip my brain. I've tried it many different ways where I'm like, okay, these particular days of the week are the ones that I'm just going to do the strategic stuff that I'm supposed to do Mm -hmm. and check the boxes. These are the days that I get to love and feel free to, you know, be my visionary, you know, 
big goal casting yeah. self. You know what I mean? Those are the things mm-hmm. I try to do it that way. And it's just like, no, it didn't quite work that way. So I can see where the benefit of having someone that is very implementation driven to just take, to see what the visionary, the creator, the CEO, the entrepreneur has for the big goal and saying, okay, this is where we need to put it. Exactly. This is how you're going to get it done. And if that's what you do, oh my gosh, there are yeah. many people that need to get your stuff off of the show notes. Yeah. Because- <laughs> I, yeah, I really like to think of it. And I totally, one of my amazing clients that I work with, she's like a spiritual and chakra healer, which, you know, she was one of my very first clients because I knew her from my previous job. And she's like, I don't care what you do or how you do it. I just need you to do it. And we kind of started chatting back and forth. Well, what does this look like? And I said, that's what it is. CEOs, founders, like the big dreamers, they provide me with the what and the why. Mm-hmm. I tell, I get the how. You don't have to worry about it. I just get it done. And you're presented with a roadmap or you know something that can just filter your thoughts, which I think is definitely another problem right now is I love coaches. I'm a client of coaches, but I think sometimes with coaches and masterminds, it kind of becomes this information overload because it's all about information, awareness, and visibility. Very little of it is implementation, integration, and filtering action. So you can present all of the greatest ideas in the world, but if you don't have the language to even begin to discern what if this applies to me, and if it does apply to me, how do I use it? How do I know if it's good? How do I know if it's now or six months from now, like that is when you kind of just get into that, you know, that overwhelm, that analysis by paralysis or paralysis by analysis, whatever you want to call it, that you're just like, I have these notebooks, things that events have been to and webinars. What the heck do I do with them? And it's like, okay, let's go back to outcomes. Let's go back to the dreams. Let's go back to the what and the why. And just let's get, you know, filter this and let's figure out what's really important. What outcomes are we actually trying to hit? And then I'll tell you, how we're going to do it. And you can just not even worry about it. All you need to do is worry about this one thing this week. I'll take care of the rest. There is so much freedom in being able to have someone be outside of a creative's brain and be able to reference it back and say, you know, this is what I'm seeing. This is what you're saying. And this is how, you know, I'm going to go take it and put it together for you, you know, and just be like, okay, cool. I got that. Thank you. Just do it. Yeah. In, it's like a translation in, service. It is a translation yeah. service. It's all those pieces mm-hmm. that are just floating around and just constant creativity chaos almost mm-hmm. in your mind. And it's just like, okay, you pick this one out for us, mm-hmm. this one out for us. You pick this one out. And you're like, okay, here's the order we're going to do these. Let's go. And I've often told people many times, I've told people, mm-hmm. I was like, I just need someone to tell me what to do next. Exactly. And I think. People see, again, especially CEOs and founders are like, I'm the boss. I need to know how to do this. I have to be the one. And I always say, do they teach you how to run a business in school? No, they most certainly do not. Do they teach you how to make decisions? No. So how else are you going to learn? And I will say like, that's one thing I've been really lucky is to work with so many different people, multiple levels of businesses from, you know, if it's a hundred thousand dollar company to, I was a $20 million company when I worked for my dad you know, the problems don't really change wherever you are, but you're never taught how to do it. You have to learn as you go. So how can we really cut that learning curve down for you to learn how to run a business 
and not have to deal with, oh my God, I have no, I have to learn how to do it myself before I can ever hire someone to do that. That is a lie. That is a dirty right. lie. You have to know the outcomes. Yes. You don't know yes. how to you have to know how to do it. That's why you hire people like a social media person or an ad strategist or a marketing person or a salesperson. If you don't know how to do it, you hire for it, but you need to know the outcomes. Right. So it's just like, just one thing, just here you go. Here's the filtered information. Yes. Just yes. go forth and execute on that. <laughs> you are like, you're like a godsend in that regard. <laughs> I mean, it's like, Thank you. Thank you for just saying, why do this is just do this thing. You know I mean? Because mm-hmm. taking time to simplify all the things, because my head's like all the things. And then as creatives, we'll take courses, we'll learn from mm-hmm. gurus. We'll go out there and pull all the things like you're saying, conferences and signing up for this thing and this thing. And so much of it has too much information. Mm-hmm. And we don't know how to sift through inside of exactly. it. I think that's kind of a a downfall to the online space a little bit is mm-hmm. that so many amazing creators are putting 20 years of experience into an eight week course. And then we're trying mm-hmm. to, we're trying to pocket how that's supposed to go. Exactly. Just, and you wow. know, it's, it's one of the reasons I really struggle sometimes with what to call myself because I see the predatory nature of the information industry. So even consulting, which is really yes. a, a lot of what I do and I do that in various different ways, but I always want to make sure that I'm not like one of those firms that says you have a problem, $200,000. Here's a 50 page report. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Knowing full well that you don't have the capacity the skills or the manpower to then execute on that. Same thing with some, some courses. Again, I'm going to generalize. I work with a lot of coaches with courses and they're fantastic, but you know, selling a $47 product, a $1,200 product, a $2,500 course, a $15,000 mastermind that you position as it's people, it's information. But if you're giving them information, knowing again, full well, they don't have the capacity to integrate, implement action on it. To me, that's not a good feeling, right? Because it's can sometimes come across as you're taking advantage of their lack of discernment. And I mean that with love that they don't know how to say, okay, this week I'm going to learn about how to do a webinar funnel. That sounds pretty good. I think I should do that. That works well with my industry. Oh, but now you're talking about an evergreen course and I should be running Facebook ads to that. And why am I doing group or one-to-one or like a two-day VIP instead? Again, it's information overwhelm. It's like, where the hell do I start? But you just keep getting more and more. Here's a template. Here's a course. Here's a webinar. Here's a funnel. And they're all awesome. But again, I think it goes back to this idea of intentionality. Like one of my clients came to me and said, there's a course I want to take. I said, prove to me why you have to, why you want to take it. What is the outcome that you're going to do with this course? She's like, well, I'm going to learn about how to write better nurture sequences. I said, that's fantastic. We've identified that that's a goal that we have to really nurture your list more strategically and purposefully. But how are you going to do that? You're going to watch videos, but what are we going to do with it? She's like, well, I said, are there templates they're going to give you? She's like, yes, there's templates and swipe copy. I said, okay, so can we give those to your operations assistant to actually build in our email marketing software as you get them so that they're immediately available? And she's like, yeah, we can do that. I said, fantastic. Are we going to create a new marketing calendar using these things for the next three months? Yeah, we're going to do that. Fantastic. So we really had to switch it to, I just want to learn to what is the outcome of that learning and how does that impact our business? Then yes, you can take it. No, she's taking it. We have fantastic information, but if we weren't intentional or purposeful with how she was going to digest the information, it was totally going to turn into another $2,000 course that sat on the digital shelf space and gathered digital dust until we're like, shit, didn't we buy something for this? And we've lost eight months. 
So now, like, you know, again, it goes filtering, discernment, intention. Can we really look at why you're doing something and having mm-hmm. somebody bounce that back at you to be like, why are you doing this? Prove it to me. Instead of going down a rabbit hole, because it can be, it, I mean, you can run, I say you, I'm generalizing me pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you can go down a rabbit hole of thinking that you take one more thing and then all of a sudden it opens the door to realizing there's something else that's a piece of that. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay, but that plays in too. So then let me do that thing as well. And I do want to call out the industry just a tiny bit. I love, love, love the digital industry. I'm in it, you mm-hmm. know, but at the same time, I want to call it out too, because we have a ton of the affiliate stuff that people are putting stuff out there and too consumed with counting their affiliate pennies, you know, and then I'm just like, but going into paying a thousand dollars, even $500 for some people to learn a particular thing when they're like, okay, but the best way to do this is to sign up for this thing. That's going to cost you $200 a month. And I'm not talking about their upsell to the better Mm -hmm. thing. You know, you can learn deeper. I'm talking about a side thing. That's going to get them generate that affiliate income for them. The Mm -hmm. course creator in the long run. Again, I put, I bring attention to it lovingly because I do love my course creators. I know quite a few influencers. I've been on the backside of having conversations and I love all of that. But what happens when we get a a substantial amount of growth in the industry too, is that we sacrifice a little bit of the connection to the people that we just get so involved in the creativity Mm -hmm. space that we Mm -hmm. forget that we were that person at one point too. We get distanced from that beginning stage that we lose them. Yeah. And I think the, yeah, the idea of connection, the idea of integrity, I think becomes a really big mm-hmm. one because it is both easy and not easy to hide behind a digital wall. I think specifically the fitness space, I worked in the fitness space for a number of years as either a personal trainer or working for fitness education companies. And we would always joke about, oh, you lost 10 pounds. Now you're a trainer. As long as you look good on Instagram, <laughs> these things, and you can sell a $40 nutrition product and people believe you, you know, there is a problem with that. Or there is a problem to say, hey, I do this. And by the way, here's like a tea or a shake that approached me. I can make some money from that. But there is no integrity. There is no deepening of relationships because we, you know, we can talk about marketing. We can talk about the new commercials, our Instagram feeds. We, you know, I think we all know this and we're coming into a deeper awareness of the fakeness and, you know, the expressions like don't live by somebody else's highlight reel. But it's really hard to kind of have a sense of discernment when it's so rampant or you don't know the questions to ask. And one of my clients has something that she came up with and she calls it, instead of talking about return on investment, can we talk about return on alignment and being aligned with values, mission, people, ideologies, belief systems, all of these things, there needs to be a return on that. And it might not be quantitative. Right. I got a thousand bucks by running this affiliate promotion, but it could sure as hell be qualitative. I help support this mission. I improve the quality of my industry, you know, all of these things. And I think that is, again, something else we're awakening into as we see the rise of the consciousness community within entrepreneurship, which I think is amazing. And it's doing some really good things to kind of get into this idea of if we are risking return on investment by saying certain things, we can talk about social justice movements. We can talk about breaking systems of oppression and capitalism and whatever you want to talk about, depending on where in the world you are by being in alignment with things that we say, we believe there should, we should be taking risks, but there should also be an equal reward. And how can we talk about those in such a way that is even as important or even more so than can I make money on affiliates just by putting, you know, a hundred bucks into Google ads every day. I like to believe there is. I I fully believe there is. And I think that that's 
with the uh, increased noise in the online space, like we talked about just from this particular year alone, mm-hmm. from the increased noise in the digital space, what worked even six months ago is not going to work now. The level of awareness and the depth of awareness is progressing fast mm-hmm. just because we are seeking more alignment mm-hmm. in general. And I, I'm talking, you know, as a consumer in mm-hmm. the digital space, I want alignment. I know that I can go out there and I, le- I can learn a particular thing from anyone out there. I can learn it somewhere. There's, you know, it's not only one place to do it. I want to learn it from the person that I align with, the person that mm-hmm. I get to watch, that I get to learn from, that I get to see that shows up in the world passionately for that particular mission. You know, yes. so that has brought, it ushered in a new era in the online space. And I think it's a welcomed era because we need to live more intentionally with purpose. Absolutely. Yes. And I think we've seen it go really well in a few senses. We've seen it go horribly wrong in a few senses. (laughs) People not having language or frameworks or one of the biggest lessons I, I learned from my dad was to listen with the intent to ask rather than with the intent to respond. Yes. And I think especially within the digital space where, you know, keyboard is, you know, two feet away. Like, here's my watch. Here's my phone. Here's my iPad. Here's my computer. I can type on all of these things. It's so easy to say things so quickly and hold up your flag. And I say this as a cis white woman who has a ton of privilege to be, yes, this, and think that, damn, doing a good job and get called out for it and be like, oh yeah, maybe I should have like waited or asked or listened instead of just responded, what a powerful shift that might bring. Huge. Yeah. (laughs) Huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I I do believe our duty in the online space is to show differently. Yes. To be authentic, to be with integrity and to be part of a bigger change has to be that the world needs that. Absolutely. And they can't just end with ideas and dreams. Right. Right right? Like uh, people like yourself, people that I work with, people I've worked with in the past, they have these amazing ideas that says, this is how, this is the legacy I want to leave. This is how I want to impact the world. I want to disrupt education. I want to disrupt mental health, childcare, our concepts of government, our concepts of economies. Like, let's go real big. Let's talk, you know, all of these things. But then they stop there. And to me, ideas without pointed inspired action are pointless. Mm-hmm. because it just adds to the pressure and noise. And I think speaking in generalization, societally, we don't care for promises anymore. We don't care for lip service. It's show us you're doing the damn thing. So I would challenge entrepreneurs who have these fantastic, visionary, life-changing, world-changing ideas that unless you're going to make pointed, inspired action to do it, to move mm-hmm. them forward in whatever way you can, you might not be able to dismantle racism by tomorrow. But what one thing can you do? And if you don't know how to do it, go find someone who does know how to do it and be in alignment with that. Be in action with that. Be in intention with that. Otherwise, shut up and let other people talk. Exactly. Because they're the ones doing it. Powerful stuff. Absolutely. Uh, I think we segued out of operations. (laughs) (laughs) Well, really, if you want to figure out how to change the world, (laughs) give me a call. That was so good though. There we go. Just beautifully segue that back in. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, such a good time. I do want to ask you though, how do you define success? I will say one of my love languages is words of affirmation. So like that's, you know, that is successful for me is when I have one of my clients come to me and say, because of you, 
this, or I finally have clarity of this, or I don't have to worry about what I'm going to do because I know you're going to be there. Like for me, like personally, like, Oh, I like, Ooh, I get little shivers right now. Like that just makes me so happy. Cause I love knowing that even though like, to me, that's my legacy. Talk about a legacy you want to leave. That is my legacy is that the people right. I'm working with are actually changing the world. Like they said they wanted to, um, and whatever part I can play in that, if it's giving them a sharper point of view, if it's giving them a list of to do's, if it's telling them, no, like I'm all for it and I love it. And I think, you know, to speak more generally about success is, you know, when you think about doing something, I like to really think of whether it's a project, whether it's a goal I have at work or like a company goal, whether it's my clients, whether it's, I want to go learn a sport. I don't know. I like to think about intention and payoff. Why am I doing this? What is the intention I'm going into this with? And what is the expected payoff and how will, what will I do with it? Mm. Like if I say, let's say I want to start a podcast, let's say that is my intention because I want to, let's see what I can make up off the top of my head. I want to connect amazing people, give them tactical things they can do the very next day in their business. We're talking about implementation. We're giving them a language to talk about things they might not understand. That is my intention. But what is the, my payoff from that? One, people know that they can trust me and the voices that I help curate and share with them. I will use that to build a curated network of trusted people who don't do what I do, but their work is so valid and people know they can come to me to say, oh, well, who does Nikki work with? I'll be like, well, let me talk to you about what's up. She's got this awesome podcast. She talks about these things. And there's like, there's a trust established. You know, we think about what are the most powerful reviews in the world? Google, Yelp, right? Nobody really buys sight unseen anymore. You go through referrals. So then I think, okay, that is the payoff is I want to create this curated referral network, but what will I do with them? I will introduce people. I will create pods of influence. So people are constantly meeting each other. They will write ad dollars and we will give a portion of those ad dollars every quarter to charities and organizations that we support in doing the work, right? So I can come up with all of these intentions and reasons, but if I don't really have clarity on those, then, you know, that's, how do you measure success at the end of the day? You can look back and said, I just did stuff for six months, but how do I judge success if I don't really understand what the intention and payoff was? So I think you can look at it personally, professionally with your clients, even with your family to an extent. Uh, I do it sometimes with my baby nephew. <laughs> so I love him so much, but you know, go into something saying, what is my intention? What is the payoff? And what am I going to do with it? And then if you can have that, you have a very easy way to qualitatively, quantitatively judge and define success for yourself in that sense. And I think you just really dropped some tip knowledge bombs right there, actually. So I think we taking notes. <laughs> and I was going to ask you, what do you know, what, what are your high level thoughts, you know, on what action steps they could implement themselves, but you just shared that, you know, so mm. guys go back and listen to that section because she actually, actually gave some really good knowledge. That, so. Thank you. It's, you know what? It's an interesting framework. And I, I had a 30 day program I ran a, two, a few months ago because I wanted to experiment with small group implementation. Again, I don't, I love coaches, but I don't really want to be one. I'm not the nurturing type in that way. So I wanted to experiment with small group implementation. And I really took CEOs and founders through, you know, like a 30 day thing on how to plan better meetings, how to organize your schedule, how to create weekly rhythms and rituals to keep you on track and all these things. And it, people think about to-do lists. You think about an agenda for a meeting. The umbrella thing, if I can ever hit anything home with anybody is whether you're setting new goals, whether you're planning your week, whether you want to hold a meeting, whether you want to have an event, you want to redesign your website, you want to start a podcast, you think you need a funnel, does not matter. 
But if you only think of the list of tasks that you have to do to get that thing to come to life, you are missing a serious piece of the puzzle. For me, that is the intention and the payoff and how you're going to use it. Because just by making that small shift, you will not be only be able to gain more clarity for yourself and what it is you're seeking and what success looks like, but you'll be able to put such a fine tuned vision onto it that there is no other way for it to be but successful. And then if you have to delegate it or outsource it, the person that you then explain it to has so, like this massive degree of clarity that you haven't just presented them with a list of 10 to-dos. You can just say, here's my intention. Here's what success looks like. Here's the payoff. You figure out how to do it. That's what you're good at. Why should I, who knows nothing about marketing, tell you how to do a Facebook ads funnel? I'm just going to give you those two things. You bring me the rest. I'll sign off on it but off it goes because then you're like outsourcing and delegating success instead of outsourcing, delegating items that you then have to micromanage and follow up on and explain, which ain't nobody got time for that. No. And if you chase success for the sake of success, you'll lose in the long run. Absolutely. Hey, Fem Nation, I know you are called to lead something great. Are you wondering what the next best step is for you? I have a next best step. I invite you to walk with me through the Become Unstoppable Challenge. Join me on a 21-day journey to discover your inner leader. Find how to build your confident leading foundation to decide and move forward to your highest potential in business and life. After helping dozens of challengers take hold of their leadership, you will come away from this experience with a renewed sense of confidence in order to serve those who need to hear from you. As a valued listener, I'm inviting you to save 25% on the next 21-day challenge by using code FEM2020. That's F-E-M 2020. Check it out at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Again, that's www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Coupon code FEM2020. I look forward to seeing you on the inside. So one of my last questions for you is how has the entrepreneurial journey changed you as a person? In many ways, this is a continuing journey. I would say the biggest is when you are working for someone else in general, you represent them. So while you can express different opinions within the company, publicly facing, you are a representative of that brand. And it doesn't matter if the company you're working for is a multi-billion dollar retailer, or if it's an entrepreneur themselves, you're kind of in alignment. You're there to support. And that's a great function. Many people really love that. I spent many years doing it, but I think really owning my own entrepreneurial journey has allowed me to use my voice more. And it was a bit of a struggle the first few months because I would kind of privigate on something. I'd say, this is what I believe, but I could also see if you don't. This is a great, this is the only way to do it. But you know, if you like other ways, like that's totally fine. <laughs> Cause like I'm a recovering people pleaser um, <laughs> on this, but I think that's been the biggest change for me is I know how to use my voice. I know how to state my beliefs and what I think and what I think should be done in a respectful way after discussion. I like asking questions and I like learning more. But that's, it's given me the confidence to show up as even more of myself without worrying, I'm too much, I'm too loud, I think too differently, I don't think in the same way as you do. And I think that's a beautiful thing because if we think all the same, then that's not very much fun. And I'm just here to have fun. 
<laughs> agreed. Absolutely agreed. <laughs> and it is a fun journey. It can be. It can be. Again, if you go into it with the you know good intention and, and really understand what it means for you to do this, then even if you have a bad day, even if you get off track, it becomes easier. I'm not going to say it's easy. It becomes easier to yeah. check back in with yourself and put yourself back into alignment. Or if you've realized that I did something, I don't want to do this anymore. Great. You at least yeah. have something to check yourself against. Absolutely. You mentioned you had a free gift for um, the listeners to be able to grab afterwards. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. I do. So going back to this idea of intention and outcome, um, one of the things I always do with my clients when we first start working together is talk about their weekly planning, weekly reflection rituals, because you know we can think big strategic plans for the year, but where I think you can make the most impact right away, even if you don't have those things, is what am I going to do today? Mm. So for me, weekly planning and weekly reflection and such a way to keep myself in momentum, to keep myself always pointed towards that North Star and not getting caught up in shiny object syndrome or what about this? Or I just spent two hours scrolling on social media. I have no idea how that happened, but I forgot <laughs> to do all the invoicing, you know, whatever that is. I have some cool templates, you know, if you want to print them off, you can print them off. If you just want to have them on your computer, if you just want to have them on a scratch pad, totally cool. But to kind of guide you through a really simple, less than 10 minute weekly planning and then a weekly reflection ritual that will, in my mind, drastically change how you feel during the week. That's going to be a valuable, valuable (laughs) gift right there. So we will have that hyperlinked in the show notes. So make sure you guys double check the show notes to access her free gift because that will definitely get you moving forward in the right direction. Nikki, I want to thank you for coming on today. This has been a lot of fun actually. And I know as I'm sitting back here uh, and we can see each other, they're not going to see us, but we can see each other. <laughs> My beautiful thinking, face. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many, I mean, I could jam with you for a long time. I, we see a lot of similarities in a lot of the spaces and, and the piece that I don't have, I think is intriguing to me is the one that you do do. Mm. So <laughs> it's all about puzzle that. pieces, right? I know. Puzzle pieces. <laughs> And that's the cool thing about having a podcast for those of you out there that are wanting to do a podcast, you get to meet amazing people and bring them further into the world and help share their journey and their story and their expertise. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you. And thank you so much for holding space for some really awesome women. Uh, I actually know a few other people that have been on the show. And uh, as I said to you before, like getting that extra lens on how you know their journey and their world beyond what is facing the world on Instagram is I think where the big change and the big inspiration and the big moves come from is really understanding journeys. So thank you for sharing them because there's some, some badass women on the show. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I'm, it's my, my pleasure, my privilege to be able to be connected and to connect those dots. So mm-hmm. guys, I want to make sure that you check the show notes and connect with Nikki. Nikki, tell us where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Nikki underscore McKnight, M-O-C. That's N-I-K-K-I underscore M-C-K-N-I-G-H-T, M-O-C. And then my website is McKnightOC.com. Excellent. And as always, guys, keep moving forward. Thanks for listening to the Femination Podcast. If you'd like to continue the conversation, have a no BS place to ask your business questions, and connect with like-minded women entrepreneurs, join the FEM community, our free group on Facebook. And don't forget to check out the next 21-day challenge at www.becomeunstoppablechallenge.com. Let's crack the door to what's possible when you begin leading yourself first. 
If you love this show, subscribe and share it with a friend. If this episode impacted you, it would mean the world to me if you left a review so others know what's possible by listening. I'm already looking forward to the next episode with you.